0: What I'm going to say is that the way I work is we do everything in reverse. So hmm. what, what I mean by that is I don't know why story works well. I don't know why certain things work well, but I do know what works well. And hmm. then we lean into that.
1: Welcome to the 91 Day Podcast. I'm Jonathan, and I am thrilled today to have a guest all the way from Japan with us. Ken Okazaki is a just video master and uh, is going to have the opportunity to share with us today just some insights on video that uh, probably will uh, even amaze me because Ken has, I think, forgotten more about how to produce great marketing video than I've ever learned or ever will learn. So, Ken, thank you so much, first of all, for getting up so early in the morning to be with us and for agreeing to be on the podcast today and share some of your knowledge with our audience. Can you start by sharing just a little bit, maybe an elevator pitch, Ken, about you and and what you're doing? I know you run multiple businesses and different things like that, but if you could kind of give us an overview.
0: Sure. Thanks, John, for having me on the show. Uh, let's, if I were to put that into a uh, into a nutshell, then uh, I, I do everything around creating videos for marketing purposes. So I have a, a content creation agency and we don't build funnels and run ads. That's why I wouldn't call it a marketing agency, but we do everything required to do the research, the actual shooting of videos for our clients, editing and managing their social media, making sure the engagement happens and that there is guaranteed month on month growth on all their social media channels that we manage. So that's one thing that we do. It's called 20xagency.com. And more recently I've launched a new business and that's called the GoBox Studio where we actually help. This business was born out of the frustration of my agency clients where no matter how hard they tried or how much research they did, they just couldn't get a home studio to look nice, work well. And every time they went on the road, they had to make a choice whether to look, you know, really basic or to lug around a suitcase or two of tripods, cables, and a whole bunch of gear that uh, always ended up either breaking or, you know, forgetting something, or or just taking too much time to set up and take down. So that uh, resulted in me creating a a studio that, you know, flips up outside of a, a carry-on suitcase. And that is something that's very recent, but also going very, very well.
1: Well, thank you. And I have seen your go studio, and I must admit, I am incredibly impressed. Uh, as you mentioned, it, it's so common if you want to have good quality video, especially if you're on the road, it's really difficult to get set up. And I cannot imagine the hours that went into testing and development. I know you shared some of that on social media, and it was great to watch that early on as you were doing some of that. But from what I've seen from the GoBox Studio in particular, you've managed to create that perfect mobile video studio that can literally be tagged along anywhere and set up within just minutes. Can you tell us a little bit more uh, about that? And personally, I'm curious: Is it still? Uh, are you still taking? I guess back order reservations, or is it uh, its production got caught up with the demand? Because I know you had huge demand up front.
0: Yeah, that's a really good uh, thing you brought up there our biggest challenge is keeping up with demand i at the end of september uh we're in if you're listening to this uh, later on we're in 2022 right now Mm -hmm. Uh, almost at the end of the year but end of september 2022 and beginning of october i had taken it on the road and gone to a conference just to make a decision in my mind whether or not is this a hobby that i need to kill because it's just a distraction or does this have legs and can I make a business out of this? And right out of the gate, our booth was the most popular booth at the entire event. It's like 3,000 people there, 200 booths. I think 200 booths is way too much for 3,000 people. But everybody else was complaining about how they weren't getting enough tra- traffic, enough business. All I remember is I did not get a break for three days straight. We took a whole bunch of orders. And um, yeah, people can order now. We are caught up. Uh, we are Wonderful. We're revamping our our production process and streamlining things, uh, but you know, this is the first time I'm going into a physical products space, which actually, you know, it's it's more complicated than I expected. Uh, We're, for example, sourcing uh, custom made parts from 14 different factories uh, and having them assembled in an assembly plant and then quality controlled at a different place, and then sh- it's it's nuts. Uh, so to bring it all under one roof would be a big challenge, but that's one of my goals for the future
1: really cool just because I know it's a curiosity of a lot of us that are watching can you kind of walk through how does one figure out obviously you have the idea and the idea is the 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 seed for that Ken but how do you go about figuring out producing these parts what parts are needed in your case custom parts can you tell us a little bit about your R&D process and what that looked like along the journey
0: yeah really good question in the beginning uh, the idea came out because uh our, you know just what you see right now in front of me, in front of you on this camera, is you know, it's a it's a certain type of camera that gives what's called like a cinematic look, where you have a certain warmth of color, you have a certain depth of field. And that, you know, what that means is when the background's all nice and soft and you don't have to do the digital fakery, which, you know, frankly is is a good attempt, but it's not gonna never gonna be the same the real thing, right? Mm-hmm. So Uh, a lot of people wanted what I had. My clients, they're like, why can't we be on Zoom calls? Why can't we record video like you? And I said, well, you can. And I gave them a a shopping list and I made some very detailed tutorials and schematics and, you know, told them exactly what cables to get, everything. And even with that uh, being done, they still struggled. And, uh, you know, some people got it. Some people got it. Some people have more of a proclivity toward uh, you know, electronics and, and audio-visual things. But, uh, you know, so we helped them the best we could. And then we set up a service where they could pay a certain amount of money for an expert to actually, uh, you know, there's a certain fee to get it done remotely, like we are right now, or to have someone actually come to your house, which was a log- logistical challenge, obviously, since I'm in Japan. They're I'm in the not. U.S. So I, <laughs> I built a network of contractors and things like that, which um, which was complicated. And, uh, and then if the client wanted to change one thing, like, Hey, I want to go from this corner of the room to that corner of the room, then they don't plug everything, mess it all up. And, <laughs> and, and, and then they'd have to call the expert again, not ideal. Right. Uh, and then a certain person who right now is very, very successful on YouTube. Uh, I won't mention his name, but he's, uh, he was in some of the same masterminds I'm in. And he heard that I'm the guy that does video. So he reaches out and says, Hey, Ken, I'd love to have that professional setup, the same look you've got, but I want to take it on the road with me. And I, I, I flat out turned him down. I said, no, we don't do that. We're a digital media agency. We're not handymen here. <laughs> and, and But yeah, he's a very convincing guy, and he convinced me to to make something. So I, I drew some really rough designs and literally went to the hardware store, bought some plywood and a saw and some clamps, and I did not know what I was doing. I don't have a background in engineering, nothing. But I put together a plan that kind of worked, and I sent it over and had somebody in the U.S. fabricate it for him. Like a handyman type of person who had a bit of tech background, the, this guy was so happy with it. He took a photo, stuck it on Instagram. Five thousand comments in like two days. Uh, wow. Later, he writes me, he says, "Ken, you got to make a business out of this." And then he hangs up. I'm like, <laughs> "Okay, well, <laughs> so so this is uh, about eighteen months ago from. Uh, so this is, I guess, around the around the end of 2021, mm-hmm, or mm-hmm. it was August 2021 that this happened." And that was the farthest thing from my mind that I wanted to do that. I was just doing someone a favor, you know, like, here, here's, here's a a thing, you know, go away. (laughs) That was my attitude at the time. Sure. But, uh, you know, the seed planted in my mind and, you know, there are days when you, you have less work than others. So then I'm just thinking about how can we make this into a reality? So I made uh, a version two. Or this is more like a version zero point zero zero one. If I were to <laughs> look in hindsight, sent it to a client, you know, who's actually paying me monthly retainers, and I said, hey, you know, um, this is going to cost X amount of money, but uh, and it's but it's gonna, you know, I just want to get your feedback on it, but it's yours, but you know, I just need to cover costs. They bought it. I sent it to them. They loved it and had a big list of feedback, and I said, great. So I made those changes. Sent them another one another one. And I did this eight times, you know, wow. constantly improving with different clients and, you know, with different situations. Some people are traveling often. Some people are doing live events. Some people are podcasters. We've got people in the fitness industry. We've got, you know, doctors, MDs who are doing telemedicine and, you know, teaching about, uh, we have a nutritionist. So all these different, mm-hmm. you know, we've got patent lawyers, uh, tax lawyers, tax accountants. So there's this wide range of clients I have. I kept sending different versions to different people to get their opinion on it. And throughout this process, I had uh, identified most of the things that they wanted and been somehow able to work it all in. And uh, I have no engineering background or electrical engineering background or, you know, or even shop. I literally, uh, when I realized that, you know, a hacksaw and, and plywood aren't going to cut it anymore, <laughs> I went and taught myself CAD, which I, you know, found out is the industry standard for industrial design so I just watched a bunch of YouTube videos taught myself how to do CAD design uh, you know learn how to work with sheet metal you know steel milling plastic injection molding and then when the electronic components weren't in off-the-shelf components weren't enough I taught myself how to design uh, PCB boards and then I created a power and heat management system which is the biggest challenge that most people face when creating a setup like this and uh, and, and there's a combination now of custom stuff, off-the-shelf stuff. And that's why we have an assembly plant to put it all together. So hope I didn't get too long winded there. But that was the design process, the creation process. And uh, eventually, when I did bring it to the States, I'm glad I, I ironed out a lot of these issues. Uh, and it, it was uh, a lot of my clients were already using them for six, seven months. And I was pretty confident that even if I wasn't there to handhold them, that Customers will be able to get a lot of benefit out of these.
1: No, not not long-winded at all. In fact, I find it absolutely fascinating the the process that you went through. Not being a physical products guy myself, just to the iterations and the processes. Um, I love the just the initiative to learn how to do all of that off of YouTube. And candidly, Ken, I'm totally impressed with the knowledge. Uh, I don't think there's any way I could have figured that stuff out, no matter how good the videos were. So very impressive and a great story to hear about. I know the first time I think I saw your completed kit was a few months ago. You were to show in Las Vegas and I was actually doing a call with Dennis Yu and he mm-hmm. was FaceTiming and or Zooming, whatever we were doing at the moment. And I remember he was walked past your booth and said, Hey, I've got to show you guys this amazing setup uh, and I don't know if that was the first time Ken or that uh, Dennis saw it or not, but it was just—it was so amazing to see the crowds of people surrounding you and to see the kit the way you had it laid out. Um, very impressive. So, uh, best of luck with that product. I can only imagine that it's going to just continue to, to catapult forward because it really does fulfill a very need in the industry uh, that's that's there. So, very very cool. So Thank you. when. When you and I first met, it was through actually Josh Nelson's Mm seven-figure agency, and at the time you were giving us some courses or some advice on something I think that impacts everybody listening to this call, and that's how to make a better Zoom call. Um, and I should have probably asked you to prep for that, but is that something that you still have available, or that is available for anybody watching the podcast to go learn about? Uh, sure. As far you as mean like setting up of... this home studio kind of thing? Yeah. You talked. I remember you talked to a lot about lighting and camera mm-hmm. placement and the, just the basics. But it was. I found it so. It, Well done, because it spoke to me who I'm not a techie. I'm not a a video guy. But it all made sense on how to set the basics up. And uh, I think that's just a tremendous example of how you are so willing to help in the community and help others do a better job with video make their videos better Mm -hmm. across the board.
0: So actually yeah I do have that that's uh I'll give that to you for free I'll, I'll send you the link you can put well, that thank in the you. description below but it's uh it's a 15 minute video where I illust- I demonstrate what needs to happen and with it is a PDF with schematics on how to position everything Uh, where the lights should go, how to set up the camera on the desk, like exactly the position of the lights, the angle, like I broke it down so that, you know, you could follow as much or as little as you want. But if you follow it, follow it exactly, you'll get really similar results to what you're seeing in my camera right now.
1: It was a great guide. And I actually remember the diagrams being really helpful. Uh, I've not had a chance to implement all of that yet. But uh, as we move forward, we're getting more and more of that by adding different lights and uh, angles and Uh, Just even where the camera was located, I remember, was a great discussion about should it be low, should it be high, should it be in front of you. Uh, So really, really good information. Uh, Thank you, by the way, for being willing to share that with our audience for free. That's, That's very generous. I appreciate that. One of the other things I want to ask you about you recently and recently is probably in the last four to six months, but you launched your own podcast and I don't know if it was the first or not, but it has been a great podcast by the way. And your growth has been just astronomical to see how fast it's been picked up. Can you tell me a little bit about why you chose a podcast and maybe give us a couple of insights into what you did to cause it to grow so quickly?
0: Yeah, that's a really good question. And, uh, you're the first person that's asked me that, actually. Oh well, thank the, you. The title of the podcast kind of leans into, uh, you know, capitalism. It's called the Capitalist, the Content Capitalists, mm-hmm. and you can check it out at contentcapitalist.com. And yeah, it is very new. I think we're only 20 episodes in, or so. You know, and we're doing them weekly. So you know, if we do the math, that's four months ago, right? That we Seems started. Right. Yep. But the reason for the podcast was because. I had so many conversations with prospects who wanted to join my agency. And they the thing about agency work, and Jonathan, you're going to probably be nodding your head and smiling as I say this, (laughs) but as people are coming in, they're going to hear what they want to hear. And Mm. setting expectations later on when things don't go exactly as they expect, you know, setting expectations up front is super important so that later on there's no misunderstanding.
1: Absolutely. And
0: one of the things I say when I bring people into my agency is, hey, uh, we're gonna help you build your brand and your your online presence is gonna be phenomenal. However, if you don't have a marketing system in place, and what that means to me is if you can't show me with a 5% tolerance of an ROAS, ROAS mm-hmm. on money spent to get a new client uh, that's been repeatable, then I think you're too early to bring us on. And I've changed that to 10% tolerance up or down. And what that means is, like, let's say you got a thousand bucks. When you put that into uh, Facebook or YouTube or TikTok or wherever you're running your ads, then you know, because historically this is a repeatable pattern, that you're going to get what, 1.5, you know, 150%, 200%, 500%, whatever that is. Or sometimes even negative if you have a great, you know, a delivery system in the back that's going to make the profits. But whatever your numbers are, if you don't know them, then you shouldn't hire. So you got to figure that out first because what we do is going to make the sales and marketing easier, but it sh- we're not your marketing machine. You need a machine that we're going to augment. It's like we're the, you know, I, I'm not sure how you want to say it, but we're like a component of a vehicle. We're not the vehicle. Well, it's
1: a great analogy. Yeah.
0: Yeah. But what happens is some, you know, later on down the line, people are like, well, you know, how am I going to make money with this? Or what's the ROI of what you're doing? Or, you know, the, the CFO comes through and does a, a review and and I was having too many of these conversations. So I decided, hey, you know what? Instead of me uh, or even on the pitch, you know, when I'm with the decision maker in the mm-hmm. business, having to explain, you know, having to answer this question, what's the ROI? And I and I gotta, you know, pull out this whole story again, right? Or whatever however I'm gonna explain it. I got tired of that. So I said, you know what? Instead of me having to justify why it's worth it to hire us, even though we don't promise an ROI or return on ad spend or whatever metric they're looking for. What I'm going to do is just interview people solely, people who are creating content and using that content to make money. And they have to be doing at least a million dollars in revenue a year. Because otherwise, why is it worth listening to someone who's just going to regurgitate what, you know, Gary Vee or Grant Cardone or, or you know, Ty Lopez is going to say? It's just, you know, like, just go listen to the source, right? Absolutely. But so many people take a bite and then they, they make their version of it. And I think for a total novice, it might be worth it. But for someone running a business, you you deserve better. And uh, so that's the promise up front. As I say, these conversations are with people who I vetted and are making a million dollars or more uh, off the back of content creation. And then we break down how are they doing it. So two things happen there. Number one, people who are listening know that whatever the guest is sharing is from experience and not conjecture, right? Second thing is I put the word capitalist in the title because... I think that I lean more toward the, the business owner who's doing between one and fifty million dollars a year, and a lot of these guys are, are, you know, entrepreneurial. They're not people who come in through Ivy League colleges and you know mm-hmm. got promoted because of their mom or their dad. They actually built these businesses from scratch, and they have that capitalistic, entrepreneuristic uh, attitude toward you know life and business. And I wanted to interview more people like that because like attracts like. So I think those are the main components around that. And uh, you know, it's, it's I genuinely have fun uh, interviewing and finding out for myself who are these people and what makes them tick, and and uh, so the questions I ask are from my own curiosity, and that makes uh, the conversation fun for me, and, and that's why I could keep going.
1: Well, I have to tell you, it is absolutely my favorite new podcast of 2022. Uh, We'll make sure we put a link into it because you do a a fantastic job. You've interviewed some just amazing people, and everybody seems to share just a a great story along the way that's part of that. Um, I think that probably brings me to my next question, Ken, and obviously being an expert in video and marketing video in particular, from your perspective, can you tell us why story is so effective In gaining that trust and that likability, that credibility that we're trying to do, Uh, again, as business leaders in that segment that you talked about, you know, I'm right there with you. I'm entrepreneurial. I don't have any Ivy League degrees, nothing like that. Why is it that story works so well, in your opinion,
0: to reach our audience? Yeah, you know, I, I can't really speak too much to the, you know, like the evolutionary psychology of us as humans, because I'm, I'm not an expert there. Fair enough. Uh, and I, so even though I'd like to quote some, you know, something really clever sounding, I probably could, you know, make something up, go to, you know, chat GPT and, and type that <laughs> out. And, and it'll sound clever, but that's just not the way I work. Uh, so what I'm going to say is that the way I work is we do everything in, reverse so Hmm. what what i mean by that is i don't know why story works well i don't know why certain things work well but i do know what works well and Hmm. then we lean into that so we something that almost everything i do is learned through studying my own clients accounts my accounts and a lot of really successful people on social media their accounts so what we do is we audit a whole bunch of data uh, everything from what percentage of the screen is occupied by the face. Uh, how much time on the video are you you know looking right at the camera versus looking off camera, maybe having an interview with somebody like a podcast? like if they're live, you'd be looking off camera, right? Mm-hmm. How mm-hmm. much of it is uh, is talking about your personal success, your personal life, uh, other people's stories, uh, you know, there's gonna be we, We measure, for example, how many seconds does it take from the beginning of the video to when you actually close the first loop and get to the point. We count how many words and letters are on the screen uh, for the thumbnail. We count how many elements are on the screen. And we look at things uh, all the way to the granular level of, uh, I think that the biggest thing we look at is, oh yeah, how many numbers are on the screen? How many emojis are on the screen? How many words per minute are you speaking? Uh, but the one statistic that made the biggest this is by far the thing that's moving the needle the most with short form content. So this means stuff on TikTok, YouTube Shorts, mm-hmm. Instagram Reels, uh, and and this is the one thing I haven't found much deviance from from uh, creator to creator is how long does it take you to get to the point? That's mm. what we call that TTI, time to impact. Yep. So the problem everybody's facing is I think so many marketers have been hammering this into us forever is you need an amazing hook. You know, the hook has to be great. Otherwise the thumb's not going to stop scrolling. You're not going to grab people's attention. And we've heard this over and over. So everybody is over invested in the hook that they forget to get to the point. And, and, uh, what happens is if you're going to take more than seven seconds, and that's the number we're finding on average as a threshold, if you're going to take more than seven seconds to complete the hook and then actually give something that they came for, then you've lost them. Now, a lot of people, it's what we call ROMs rambling old man syndrome. And I've Mm -hmm. got that sometimes a lot of people have, it; they don't realize they have it, but they will go on and on. And the preamble becomes the entire video and those videos flop. But, and I'll give you a quick example. If I were to say, uh, because we're coming into the holidays, uh, uh, three foods to avoid over the Christmas holidays if you want to keep your six pack, right? And I so let's say there's a the title of the video and I start with like, hey guys, we're going into Christmas season. There's going to be amazing food wherever you go, but here are the three that you're going to absolutely want to avoid if you want to keep those hard gained abs over the holidays. Now, that that's the hook. And what mm-hmm. I should do right here is just say, hey, number one is the mashed potatoes, especially if it has butter in it. I closed the first loop there because I, I proposed a hook and now I have to close the loop. And then I should, you know, I could explain and go to number one, number two, number three. But what most people do is instead of giving the thing, they're going to stretch out a little bit longer thinking mm-hmm. that the anticipation is going to help. And they're going to say, you know how it is when you go to your grandma's place and mm, it smells so good and your uncle's there and everybody's watching TV. And it's such a great, I, That's forget it. That's or, or they go into their backstory. I remember when I was a kid, I thought that, you know, like, don't do any of that. Cut the fluff. Say just enough to tell people what value you're going to give them. Give them the value. And you got to do that in seven seconds or less. And I think that's the 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 thing I've observed. So I've kind of answered you in a long-winded way. Like, why do people love story? Uh, you know, my answer is, I don't know. I just know what works and doesn't. And I, I don't even really try to figure out why. I just know what. And then... We experiment with what and it works better and it works better and then we intensify the what and we find a whole bunch of what's and we stack them up and that's how our our clients accounts keep growing pretty well
1: well i think you you answered a question that was even more important and i'll tell you right now if you take nothing else from this podcast if you're watching it that seven second rule is total gold guys that is amazing uh in fact just to make a point of that because seven seconds isn't very long when you're talking. I want to take just a minute and throw up a timer here to count seven seconds and think to yourself as you watch these seven seconds go by, just as Ken said, you've got this long to get into your content, not just to do your intro, but to get into that content. So let's listen or let's watch seven seconds. So Ken, if, if, people are watching this and and they go, wow, you know, I need the type of advice and counsel and guidance that that Ken and his team offer. What's the best way for them to reach out and get in touch with with you and and find out whether or not they're qualified and at a point that, that again, your services would add value to what they're doing.
0: Yeah, that's a really good question. The, well, well, first of all, we have, you know, different levels of service and we're actually creating something new for people who, who I really want to help, but simply can't afford the. You know, we have you know some bigger packages for, for clients, and everything ranges from you know starting at you know twenty thousand dollars a month retainers. So that's like a two hundred forty thousand dollar investment over a year, uh, and we're we've, we're going all the way down to creating something new for so that's really accessible, where it's uh, less than two thousand dollars a month, uh, and that's something brand new that is really for beginners, people who are looking for. Number one, the confidence coaching one-on-one with, with actual you know directors slash coaches, video editing and production all included. And we just found a way to make it extremely efficient where, to be honest, our margin on this, and I'm not sure if my team is going to be okay sh- sharing this, <laughs> but it's, it's around the 5% mark on the service. Wow. But we're doing this because we want to grab enough market share and share enough value so that the... The techniques that we share, the networks we're building grow so big, uh, even at a tiny margin, we're, we're pretty safe that we're not going to lose money on this, but we want to operate a tiny margin, but then go to massive scale on this extremely cheap product. It's kind of like the Costco tasters or you know the Costco sure. hot dogs, right? Sure. I'm, it's a loss leader, but I'm I'm willing to put that out and experiment with this so that I could bring people into uh, you know either buying you know, the equipment, that's the go box. Or grow people up so that they're going to want to, you know, when they're ready, come into, you know, like the ten dollars to $20,000 a month type of packages because they've had that experience with this. So I'll, uh, you know, the best place to find me is just search Ken Okazaki on any social media platform or uh, the agency itself is 20xagency.com and you'll be able to see, uh, you know, our Currently we don't have that new package there, but we will probably mm-hmm. by Christmas and that's in a few days. So that's, that's something I'm working really hard on. So you know, whatever whatever stage you're at, uh, if you're not sure where you want to go, just uh, find me on social media send me a DM and uh, you know we'll probably have uh, a quick interview and see you know what what package works best for you.
1: Well, that's amazing. And and Ken, as you mentioned, this is being pre-recorded, so by the time this is live, we'll be past Christmas by just a little bit, and you should be able to see that at Ken's site at that point in time. Well, Ken, you've added a ton of value today, and as, as most of the viewers know, I'd like to ask one more question that's not necessarily directly related to your expertise, but as a business leader and as an entrepreneur. If you were forced to start over and somebody said, Ken, you've got to start over from scratch. Here's a thousand dollars. You don't have to worry about your food. You don't have to worry about transportation and a roof over your head. But I'm going to give you 91 days or three months to build a business that's generating $10,000 a month or more in revenue. What would you be looking at? What type of things would you do in order to try to build that business in the first three months? Can I ask some
0: uh, absolutely clarifying questions around this? Sure. So first of all, the is the goal to get to ten thousand a month, or is the goal to build something that's going to scale past ten thousand a month and at least hit ten thousand?
1: We we I would say the goal is to build something that's going to scale past that, but that by yeah. month three we could at least get it to ten thousand dollars a month in revenue in that okay. three month period. And again, and, sometimes it doesn't work. This yeah. is just you know our best opinion.
0: Yeah. Okay. Um, look. I... I would use that money to gain access to a network of people. Uh, First of all, like I'd spend the the whole wad right away uh, on the highest quality network I could get access to. Maybe I'd even combine that with bartering. But every great customer or business idea that I've ever had came as a result of doing services for people who were at the, at the income level that I wanted to interact with. So mm-hmm. uh, I would do research about, I, I would go back into the same business I'm in really, but I just accelerate things from what I learned. So let's say if, if I've only got a thousand dollars, then I can't really hire people. Do, do I have a laptop at least?
1: You, you have a laptop, you have a cell phone, okay. high speed internet, whatever
0: you need there. Yep. Yeah. So I just need to get in front of the right people. And obviously a thousand dollars is not going to, get me flying around very much because, you know, so we do it virtually uh, from home, Uh, but I want to get inside networks that have a lot of engagement and discussion time, you know, in the lessons and stuff, because then I get one-on-one time with other people, or at least one on three or four, not one on 500, right? So then you'd actually get time to make an impression on someone. But I would show up to every single thing, add as much value as possible so that the leader of this tribe will recognize my value and also want to feature me in one way or another. So getting inside the right network is, is the first step. second step is to identify, you know, let's say 10 key people in there who I want to do business with. And then it's just about, uh, finding out what they want more than anything else around what, uh, content creation. Mm -hmm. And this is going to be, uh, it's just simply because that's my wheelhouse and I know that best. So I'd probably put put together a package service, start it super low, uh, probably $2,000 a month. And just so I could get some testimonials and some, re- and some uh, positive feedback, hopefully. I'd shoot it with my phone or on their webcam. Uh, since I don't have money to hire anyone, <laughs> I'd edit it myself and get it back to them. So $2,000 deals are really easy to close. Uh, so... I think in the first month, as long as they do, you know, like if they have weekly sessions to meet up, mm-hmm. I probably close five people. That's already $10,000 in the first month. I'd roll that into, uh, uh, probably getting five more a month too from the same network of people. So now we're making a bit of a profit. Uh, but this is all services because services are the fastest way to make money. Uh, cause you know, you're an able-bodied person and you get stuff done. And on a tiny scale, if I'm not running my other businesses, then yeah, it's very doable, because that's I just have to schedule time to get on a Zoom call, Mm -hmm. uh, get their credit card number, and then spend maybe an hour or two outside of the Zoom call to actually edit some video. Um, So getting to 10,000 is easy. And that's why I asked about, are we getting to 10,000 or scaling past? Mm -hmm. Because if I wanted to scale past that, then i take a different approach. And I'd look for partners early on who will do the editing for me and the social media management for me and then give them equity so that I can just focus on finding the right people and pitching them and then have someone else deliver it. So we'd probably, I'd make less money up front because I'm giving more to someone else, Sure. but then that model could scale you know, to 100K a month, whereas the first model I described would probably... Get me to thirty or forty k before I start burning out. Uh, doing that, you know, too many Zoom calls, too much time editing Absolutely. video. So yeah, that's kind of uh, overview of probably what I do, and and what I just described to you is what I've been doing up until now uh, on on different levels, but just kind of condensed down into the most simple steps.
1: Well, I think. It- Two, two great ideas, and the fact that you gave us two different ways to do it, I think is fantastic, Ken, and I really appreciate that. Um, you're the first person that's ever brought up barter, and I think that's such a great idea, especially if you're in that startup mode. Um, why not do some bartering to get value that is both of value to the person you're offering it to, but also value back without having to part with any of that hard-earned cash or to expand on what's available for there. So great ideas, and, and I think so often when we get started, we miss the long-term concept of where do we want to grow that business to and like you said the ability to partner with other people give them a piece of the pie gives you that ability to grow it far beyond just a, a 20 or thirty thousand dollar a month business but have that scalability while still obviously focusing on the things you love to do so fantastic yeah. thank you so much
0: that's that's great I, I remember uh you know my my brother lives way on the countryside here in japan and Next door, there was somebody who was building their own house, and uh, every weekend he'd come by, and he'd have a contractor would come by, and, and they'd drop off a whole bunch of you know beams of wood, you know plywood, drywall, or whatever. And on Saturday, Sunday, he'd spend his time building up this house, and he he, he was probably a carpenter by trade. I never talked to him; but I just saw this house slowly building up, mm-hmm. and it took him two and a half years, and it was a beautiful house when it was done. And I remember though that about a month before it was finished, uh, the next lot over, somebody else started building a house, but they had contractors do it. And they the both houses were completed at the same time. And one of them took two and a half years, the other took a month. And the other one had a team of like, you know, 15 people on site, just, you mm-hmm. know, tap, 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 bang, 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 done, right? And there's, neither is right or wrong. But when you're building a business, I think the thing you want to think about is is this a you know about a personal passion that you want to have your fingerprint on every single bit of it, and if it is, then do it yourself you know you could do every bit of it it will take longer, but then again that's an expression of your passion of your mm-hmm. love for for the craft but if you are in it to make money, if you're in it to scale to something really efficient and help as many people as possible versus helping one person at an extremely high level, then you gotta think about uh, you know, being the the architect, not the architect necessarily, but more like the person who owns the the contractor who owns the, you know, the plot of land and is building mm-hmm. a bunch of houses versus somebody who is, you know, thinking and designing and planning everything on their own. And even if it is, if you are early stages, you don't have the access to those kind of people. That's why you wanna go into the barter deal. Say, hey, like, and I'm gonna use an analogy of a house here. Like, hey, I'm gonna build this house. And I, you know, based on the market value of this area and this type of house, I think we'll sell it for $2.5 million. You wanna go 50-50 with me. And then you start finding people to actually build it. And your job from then on is just to coordinate. And if you if you make out with 30% of that for just coordinating, then you realize, hey, I've got a great blueprint here that I can continue coordinating multiple houses simultaneously, and partnering with more people. So the first guy gets 100% of the money, takes him two and a half years, the other guy gets 30%. But in that same period of time, he's built 20 houses. So Mm -hmm. you see the difference there in the multiplied effort. So I think that going into that that process of starting from zero, you got to be clear on what the intended outcome is. Is it to win a contest and and get to 10,000 a month? Or is it to build a business that you're going to want to keep working at or potentially exit in you know in a few years down the line and that would very much affect how i operate now if there was a whole bunch of people let's say that it's a reality show and there's 10 people first person to get to a ten thousand dollar a month wins then i would do everything myself sure that's a short-term goal i could get there faster uh what's that african proverb Uh, if you want to go fast go alone if you want to go far go together right? Mm, Yes. And that's, that's super, super true in business. And that's, that's the the decision you got to make early on.
1: Well, fantastic advice and great story to go along with that to make sense. I I really appreciate the analogy. I think that helps bring that in more concrete terms, no pun intended with building, but it really helps it, it resonate with everybody. So fantastic.